This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we watch sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Rocket Boy. So now we're off to the Hawkins to save Buddy, right? Right. Well, no, not exactly. First we go to Palamon's, and then he'll help us locate Hawkins. Palamon, isn't he that big old head that chewed you up at your fortress? Yeah, he's the guy who made me Rocket Boy. That's another thing, Slip. Don't you think you're a little old to be Rocket Boy? You're an adult now. Shouldn't you be like Rocket Man? Yeah, I get that all the time. But right now, I think we should concentrate on saving Buddy. After all, he is our friend. You're right. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that thinks Dave Thomas should stick to making hamburgers. I'm Luke here with my co-host Jordan. <laughs> what's real, Jordan? That was that was really really good because I have two thing that two things that were what's real, and I wanted to <laughs> I wanted you to vote on which one you think is better, Luke. But that was funny. Okay. That Dave Thomas comment was funny because he's the, was it Wendy's? Wendy's guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dead. He is unfortunately passed. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So here's the two things, the two quotes I liked from this. Uh, one was, wipe the Jupiter juice off your lip. That was the first one. And the second one, I want to be legally married before the first egg hatches. Which one do you like better? Well, isn't that what you tell the most women you date? Yeah. That's that's my pickup line. <laughs> Actually, I just realized something. I think the uh, the first one's much worse if that's my dating line. <laughs> Which one do you like to break out on the first day? It's the eggs. Because you're a serious man who's looking for commitment, not yeah. some Jupiter juice hussy. Question one, how are your eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Megan, would that work for you? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's all I'm looking for. Not enough people are asking. Well, that's a good introduction <laughs> to our guest. We're, we're joined this week by uh, Megan. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yep. Now, since you're the first time on this podcast, usually we like to ask first-time guests kind of a little bit about themselves. In particular, since this is like a science fiction television podcast, are you are you a sci-fi TV fan? Do you have a history with it, or is it something you don't watch a lot of? Um, I wouldn't say I'm like well knowledged about it. Uh, if that's a word, that's probably not a word. The way I just said that, <laughs> um, knowledgeable would be the word. Um, uh, I'm not super knowledgeable about sci-fi, but I do enjoy it. I mean, I grew up, like, obviously with, like, Star Wars and, you know, I read Dune last year. No big deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've also recently started watching Star Trek, like, the original one. So I'm enjoying that. And I like, like, Black Mirror. And maybe I'm more of, like, a like a sci-fi in, like, regular life. But I, is that, like, a genre of sci-fi? Sci-fi R- IRL? Sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, where it's more, like, well, no, maybe that's just. I'm tangenting. I might tangent, just so you guys know. I should warn you. <laughs> no, that's What's right. your favorite episode it. of the original Star Trek so far you've watched? I've, I've only honestly watched like five episodes so far. So, but I really did like the one. I think it was. I think it was the first one where it was just this like weird teen boy called Charlie or something. And they were trying to like figure out how to take like. He was not. It was not good. Yeah, yeah. What's the episode over. called? We got to talk about Charlie. Is that what it's called? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> did Shatter take a shirt off? No, not yet. I don't think. I feel like I would have marked that down. Would have been like, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you should take score. It's a drinking yeah. game. <laughs> You've got the Star Trek bingo card as you want. Exactly. Exactly. Well, since you're maybe not the most versed in it, uh, you must have been very excited to be watching this week's show, uh, the 1989 Canadian TV movie <laughs> Rocket Boy. Absolutely. I mean, Canadian content. That's much. <laughs> 
this is is this the most Canadian thing we've ever watched, Luke? It's really Canadian. It's very Canadian, that's for sure. It was uh, created, <laughs> as implied before, by SCTV's Dave Thomas, and then along with three Canadian TV kids television producers. Yeah, I saw Nelvana was one of the like production companies. Yeah, it appears like it was created in an attempt from what I read. And I, Jordan, you sent me the article. I found this article, too, mm-hmm. that Vulture had done. But it seems like it was made by Canadian like animation producers novana i guess that makes sense they're animation producers but in an attempt to get into the live action market and it was originally yeah. going to be let me see if i have this written down here i think i do uh is originally supposed to be 65 65 episodes yeah and they were supposed to be serialized yeah it's gonna be like 20 minutes each heavily serialized so they only ever shot five and this movie is actually a recut of those five episodes into like a semi-coherent tv movie well, that you know, makes funny. sense. I read that too about the um, how it was cut. It was five episodes, but I don't. I was kept trying to watch. Like, there's a couple weird things. I was like, maybe that's from a different episode. But it it does have just an overarching, overarching. I don't know what the expression is. Uh, theme of like this, like the the same bad guy. Yeah, as if it were serialized or something. Yeah, I know, I know that, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It. I I didn't think that was the biggest problem. Is what I'm saying. I mean, it's definitely for children. I, I looked into it a bit, and obviously you did too, Jordan, but uh, I, I was reading up on sort of the background and like how it was written by Dave Thomas and then a couple of comedy writers who I guess they'd met on a failed Lauren Michaels show, and he'd like dragged them back to Canada to work on this. <laughs> dragged. It's it's Max Pross and uh, Tom Gamill who are like big writers. Yeah, their credits are they insane. Wrote, they wrote The Simpsons, Seinfeld, and Letterman. SNL. They wrote The Gary Shandling Show. It's insane. Wow. Yeah, they wrote like they're like well-known writers that have written a lot of like like interesting important television and Rocket Boy. <laughs> and it couldn't have been, and it wouldn't have been done without Rocket Boy, you know? That was really what <laughs> That's what they always say. This. It's true. It's always first on their resume. <laughs> I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm assuming no one had heard of Rocket Boy before this was played on YouTube for you. Nope. No. And Megan picked it. I did. I'm a sucker for any of those like SCTV actors, though. You know, you're like John Candy, Dave Thomas. All right, let's do it. Oh, it's great when John Candy shows up. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Also, I was amazed because James Hong, like the minute he spoke, I was like, I know that voice, and it's because of Mulan, because he put yeah. And I was like, oh wow. And then I just saw him recently in that Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, what a treat. He's he's really around, isn't he? I, I wrote that down too. I'm mm-hmm. Like character actor, how did he get in this one? How did how did yeah. he get to Canada? Yeah, it's just funny. My my brain immediately like just went right to Mulan, so it was quite funny. I was like, whoa! <laughs> I had a really hard time. I was trying to find out the date this was broadcast, but there is just no information on this at all. It was like I know it was shot in probably 1984, and then this was actually put on television as a TV movie in 1989. So that's a good five year space between shooting and putting it out as a tv movie but there's just no information about when and where it was shot the only real like detail is the strange youtube video we have which is clearly someone had taped off tv in 1989 is that the youtube video starts with a freeze frame image of um... glenn sather it's clearly one of the um stanley cup wins of the edmonton oilers but i didn't know what year so if they they won in 19 i think their last one was 1989 1990 so yeah, so yeah. that would have been the end of the year. So it would have been, when, it, when does hockey end? It would be in, in uh, like June or something like that. It's crazy. Glenn Slayer and Peter Pocklington, owner, reviled owner of the Oilers, starts off this video. Yeah. 
that was the end of the dynasty but uh anyway let's let's maybe start to getting into this so i'll give us the summary and we'll we'll get going it seems like we're ready to go i think we should talk more about glenn sather <laughs> yeah well, what's your favorite thing about glenn sather jordan his hair he had a good head of hair <laughs> not his coaching style uh yeah that was fine too i mean he won five stanley cups so it's pretty good <laughs> We have to talk hockey because this is our all-Canadian podcast for this show. I think I blacked out a bit there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's the IMDb summary for Rocket Boy. In this sci-fi comedy, a gentle video store clerk has a double life as an intergalactic crime fighter who must stop an evil alien from stealing the hair off human heads. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's how it starts. We, just, we, we see a rocket ship above Earth, and it's sucking hair up into space though i couldn't tell what it was off the no top. yeah it just looks like rocks you're like oh what is this space and then later you're going wigs there's wigs <laughs> they're going up into space it's because they're they're um it's like a blue beam that's pulling them up so you just can't really see what they are because mm-hmm. they're covered in this blue light so you're just like yeah what are these things and they're like it's hair and you go all right sure that's what this show's gonna be <laughs> and they're floating up where the bad guy hawkhead is uh surveilling the scene and turning around in a really giant evil guy chair he turns around starts laughing like oh this is the bad guy okay i I have to say my favorite thing of this entire show is this guy robert donner who plays hawkhead he's my favorite thing because i feel like he got what this was he's like every scene he's like i'm gonna be as like mustache twirling evil villain as possible and i just i really enjoyed yeah. him honestly i could have just watched him and he's the protagonist is really what the, the it should be called hawkhead <laughs> yeah i agree how would you describe Hawkhead? Like, what's the villain look like? What's his deal? Uh, he's a tall uh, life man. <laughs> Is that the right word? I don't know. Skinny, kind of. Um, with these great big uh, <laughs> um, feathers. But uh, wings. He's got big wings. <laughs> and part of what, okay, one of my favorite parts is that he always is... Um, trying to prove that his wings are just as good as his hands like anybody's <laughs> hands via musical instruments ventriloquism anyways he's he's got a bit of a complex i think he's uh very concerned about his future eggs um but in terms of yeah his looks he is yeah he's got a little like a, a little a little larger nose maybe not nothing too crazy to 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 warrant the name or anything um but he is hawkish looking um yeah dressed in all black i actually love the outfit he's got very nice shiny boots so that was great. He did look great. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. Sort of all leather with weird leather wings. I do like that you brought up the running gag of anytime anyone like questions how he uses objects with his wings, he like has to like play a <laughs> chernetto. I, a, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Just like on. cut to like half an hour later and he's still just like. You know what's funny? The only times I actually found anything funny was usually with him because stuff like that was kind of amusing because a lot of like. I mean, you have to forgive some of this because one, it's like clearly made for kids and and also stuff is just dated, some humor and stuff. But with anytime he kind of showed up and his like inadequate sort of uh, nervousness just made me made me chuckle because I thought he was good. So in my I'm I'm team Hawkhead is what I'm saying. (laughs) Hawkhead, the villain with no Hawkhead. Yeah. Well, no, he does. He has a Hawkhead when he gets married. Right. Oh, that's true. He puts it on his little cowl. I want to know more about like the lore of where he comes from. You know, like what's the deal with his? I'm telling you, his... they they missed a turn because that's yeah. if we all feel the same way. That that was the <laughs> thing. They should have recut this to just be about Hawkhead. You want to know the origin of his world? Why he's the last surviving member? Why he's carrying the eggs of his race around? Exactly. Mm. That's the story. That's what the people want. 
But that's not what it's about. What what it's about is it's about Wong's video on Earth. Yeah. Okay. Question: Is was there a time and place where video stores that rented you movies also sold you TVs? Okay, I thought about this because I, I, I Luke, you and I are the same age, and we were just at the cusp uh, of this sort of thing. Because when I was a kid, you could still rent um, like VCRs just came out for sure. So you could places rent a VCR. like you could rent a VCR because. There were video stores, but a lot of, not a lot of people had uh, VCRs. Because I remember my my parents saying the story about they just got excited and bought a VCR one day, and they just bought a bunch of random movies, and that was like their night. I'm shocked to hear you didn't have a Betamax. No, no, we didn't have a Betamax. You seem like a Beta kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm always picking. I'm always picking the wrong the wrong one to go with. <laughs> go bots, am I right? Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> that's just for me. The uh, yeah. So I, I did people rent TVs. I mean, I know there was TV repair shops. I don't know how. I don't know how real this is, but I do remember VCRs. And they're not renting them; they're selling them. It's a sale. It's a sales point. Oh, is it sale? Well, I'm sure they would just. Maybe they'd also sell videos and TVs. It was like a precursor to Best Buy or something. Maybe I don't know. It was odd, very odd. It was video rentals and television sales. I was like, I don't know what the story is, but this is where uh, character actor James Hong comes in. He owns and operates the place. It's just like borderline stereotype, but he at least he elevates it. It's yeah. I, the whole time I was watching it, it felt like it was right on the line of being offensive, but I couldn't tell. I was like, "Is this offensive?" <laughs> they never went for a full joke about it, so I kind of let. I'm like, "Well, I guess we'll let this slide." <laughs> yeah, it was the '80s and racism didn't exist. Let's all remember. Um, and the employees who work there are, of course, uh, Slip, aka Rocket Boy. Which what kind of a first name is that? Like, is his first name Slipper? Like, or <laughs> what's, what's Slip short for? You're asking. Is it a nickname? Yeah. What's his, Slipton? I don't know. What kind it of it is weird because I think Slip is his nickname, but then uh, it's just Rocket Boy. I know you think they call him like Charles or something. Yeah. So there was like sort of a normal name to like a silly one, but it's just silly to silly. But I guess that's that tracks. And of course, this is played by Dave Thomas, a uh, lead character. So Dave Thomas is going to play Rocket Boy. Okay, can we talk real quick? What did we all think of Rocket Boy and Dave Thomas as Rocket Boy? Like, was it? Did this show have have? Obviously, it didn't ha- go on. But like, would this show have had legs? Does because I kind of personally, I'll just say, I don't know if he was strong enough to be a lead in this show. That was kind of my feeling. Listen, the backstory of this thing is Dave Thomas had gone to the states, tried a bunch of failed shows, and he had been basically tail between his legs, sent back to Canada. Uh, so maybe it had proven Dave Thomas wasn't a good leading man. <laughs> Well, you know what it is? And maybe, this, again, this is biased, but, like, there's a lot of cameos we're going to see, like, as we mentioned, John Candy shows up, Rick Moranis shows up, and there's certain people just have a greater sort of stage presence. Like, as soon as John Candy comes on, he's mm. so watchable yeah. and he's so engaging that, like, you're like, I can't not watch this guy. Like, he's just, you just want to watch him. It's like, and, and any movie he was in, he would just steal it, right? And so, uh, no offense to Dave Thomas, but I just don't think he has that same magnetism, if you would. Wow, I actually have Dave Thomas here. He's very offended by that comment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I'm so sorry, hi, hi, Dave. Mr. Hi, hi, Mr. Thomas. Megan's dad, Dave Thomas. Yeah. Is here. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I found odd, and I mean, you know, hard to remember the times. I was a small child, and I had no real concept of uh, the culture of the time. But it seemed odd to me in 1984 to be making a parody of 50s serial like movie sci-fi. Like I was just like, who's this for exactly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is true. It's because it, it's like you say parody, and it sort of is a light parody at best, right? So, like, you're right. It's like I don't know. It's it's a weird choice to have made that maybe was funny to the creators. Yeah, I feel like Dave Thomas was just like, 
this is something I've always wanted to do, but I was just, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know who is interested though. <laughs> well, there's some little meta moments too, right? Like when they're talking about like Mr. Pym and the merchandising potential. You're just like, what? What is this? Is this a joke, but also maybe for real, but like also a joke? I don't, you know. Well, that was so funny to me too, which is got even funnier when I did research and I saw that they shot this in 1984 because they do that joke considerably better in Spaceballs, which is, I think, 1987. So they beat Spaceballs with that joke, but a worse version of it, but then never came out till 1989, so it just looks like they ripped off Spaceballs' joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, can we talk about Mr. Pym right now? He's what character we're going to meet, or should we wait? No, let's wait, because I've got a whole bunch of characters. To do. Nice. Okay, sorry. I, I, t- I took us off track by uh, uh, besmirching Dave Thomas's character. Yeah, how dare you? Well, he's an employee there, Slip, a.k.a. Rocket Boy. Then there's his best friend, Buddy, who also works at the video store. <laughs> Ron James. Play, yeah, Canadian comedy legend, question mark, Ron James. Ooh. I have to say, again, sorry, Ron James. I find him, he's, it's so, his comedy is so Canadian in that, like, all the jokes, I know, Megan, you probably disagree with me, but it's like, he'll have, like, a stand-up special, and he'll be like, you know you're taking your tractor to Saskatchewan? And a moose runs in your way, and then the audience is like, yeah! <laughs> Megan, you love it? Bless his heart. Yeah, that's what the people need. Again. <laughs> it's what's going to heal this country, Jordan. <laughs> up, up in the big town of Timmins. Hey, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Megan, Megan's from the north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the north. The north of Ontario. <laughs> yeah, north of Ontario. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the assistant manager, Susan, who I guess is... Rocket Boys, basically. She's like an unreciprocated love interest, I guess. Hey, but she doesn't date employees. She does not. Or does she? You know what I love, though? (laughs) I I love that um, she's the love interest, but she's not really, like, sexualized or anything at at, at all. She's just, like, a lady who works there. (laughs) It's a kid's show, Jordan. Yeah, I know, but I like that. Okay, you're saying you like it. I also feel like her beauty is a very of that time too, right? Like the like the the, the big hair and like the she's got a very specific like look of that time. It does. This whole show looks very Canadian eighties. Yeah, yeah. It's it, I would I would argue it's the lighting <laughs> or lack thereof. And like the video store itself sort of plays the central location when they're on Earth. Um, and primarily what we see there is like odd customer interactions. And this is where, as you mentioned, Jordan, like they'll have uh, the opportunity for cameos by other SCTV members like John Candy drops by and he'll lose his hair and get in a fight with uh, um, Mr. Wong at the at the video store. Mm-hmm. That was a better sequence. I think that was one of the better sequences this uh, the show did. It was certainly an odd throwaway where it just like in comes John Candy to fight with uh, to, I, to fight with James Hong for some great. reason. That was one of the ones I knew was from a different episode. From like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, "There's no way for the pilot they got all these people in." So it's just like we'll piece together this this thing. John Candy, sure, jam him in. This uh, this other character actor showed up too. He's maybe a little more niche, but did you guys uh, catch Don Lake showing up? He's a bald man with a mustache. He, I think he's most recently in Space Force, but uh, he's been in like all all the sort of best in show movies and things. Mm, I didn't recognize him. Was he Robert Boyd? No, no. He he was there for a quick second at the start, and we can talk oh. about this thing. And he does a gag about how uh, Mr. Wong won't rent certain kinds of movies. Oh, the the oh. this the cowboy who was uh, didn't want to be late for the opera. No, there's a it doesn't no? matter. That's oh. someone else. 
Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. But he's like also like I think an SCTV kind of guy. So there's all these like little SCTV guys that are popping up along the way. I did want to talk about that though. There's like a weird running gag where Mr. Wong won't rent certain kinds of videos because of trauma he has from his past. <laughs> I love that. I think one of them is he won't rent movies about Alcatraz. And do you remember why he won't rent movies from Alcatraz, <laughs> Megan? Yes, because he got left there on a tour and spent forty eight hours there, I think, or something. Yeah, wasn't it? Because the I think the I think the customer asked, Oh, was he in prison there? He's like, No, no, he just got lost on a tour. Yeah. Okay, that was pretty funny. They I left that without was good. him. Yeah. And then like near the end of the movie, he it's also revealed he won't rent Hitchcock movies. And do you recall why that is? I'm forgetting now. Uh, it is revealed. I, they try to make a big running gig of it. They're like, he went to Mount Rushmore. And they're like, I thought you said he wouldn't rent Psycho. He's like, oh, yeah, because while he was there, someone attacked him in the shower with a knife. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that was very traumatic what happened. You know what? That is actually a pretty funny thing. It's almost like um, uh, like what you know, remember, remember Gremlins 2? They made fun of themselves from Gremlins 1 after uh, uh, Phoebe Cates in the first one. She gave this big speech about how she hates uh, uh, Thanksgiving or whatever it was because her like parents died. And then the next movie, she does like even a longer thing about how she also hates the thing. It was the same sort of gag that they did. Anyways, I really butchered that. Sorry, uh, Gremlins fans. <laughs> and uh, as you mentioned, there is a cowboy who comes in. A Texan for some reason arrives and he wants to buy a TV wristwatch because it's the 80s. But he wants them to run cable up his pantsuit so he can watch the opera. Like, this is a gag that happens in the middle of the, one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, isn't it, he actually wants to go to the Grand Ole Opry, but he's like, because I love opera. Yeah, he just wants to watch opera on his wristwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the represent- representation we need is a cowboy who likes opera, you know? You can't put him in a box. <laughs> At any rate, this is sort of what we see around the uh, around the video store where they all work. But what's really important is that at some point, Rocket Boy and Buddy walk outside. They notice that uh, Rocket Boy has received a message from Palamon the Wise, which uh, takes a very baffling form. Yeah. Is it just garbage? Is that what it is? It's so hard to tell from the video quality. But it does look like he's just covered in lettuce or garbage or something. He's all over. (laughs) His car is just covered in it. Which I I don't think. That's the note. Yeah. I don't think that's what they did later on. Right. Because like he they go through this car wash so many times. Uh, in this, but only only the only once when they're trying to talk to each other is they fill a gar car with garbage, which is mostly lettuce. Oh, I guess that's why they're going through the car wash. I literally I didn't put that together. But <laughs> the car wash is dirty. Hence, go to the car wash. I was just like, ah, oh, the car wash is clearly the portal. It's both. It is the thing. He drives from there with his dirty car, goes to a car wash where there's like like an otherworldly car wash attendant who has no role in this show at all, but he guards the car wash. And when the car goes in, when it comes to the other side, it is now a spaceship. Yeah, and and their like outfits have changed everything. How much money do you think they spent on that spaceship? Ooh, I would say upwards of fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Not the greatest model work we've seen, but uh, probably no. good for the budget they had. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's just say, like, the special effects and everything, that's not the strong part of this. And I think, again, you almost kind of have to forgive it because it's for kids. But I think even for the time, it looks pretty cheap. Like, this is like, I don't know, I was going to say Mr. Dress-Up. There's another Canadian thing. Like, Mr. Dress-Up quality special effects, you know? <laughs> don't you disparage Mr. No, no, Dress-Up. No, no, I like Mr. Dress-Up. Don't worry. I would never disparage Ernie Coombs. <laughs> Um, it was really funny because while we were watching him, my cousin like walked walked through, and he was like, "Oh, I like his jacket, <laughs> Rocket Boy's jacket." It's like the fits were pretty good, you know. <laughs> that would have been hot merchandising had it made it. Yeah, he sort of wears like uh, Rocket Boy's outfit, sort of like a um, 
not really a letterman jacket i guess it's more like a leather jacket right like a like a uh, flight kind of uh, leather jacket like a pilot's one mm-hmm. and he he apparently has a helmet that we see later on but he doesn't really <laughs> wear it <laughs> too loud yeah there's <laughs> a weird gag late in the thing where they're like put on your helmet with all your powers it makes you invisible and you can fly and breathe underwater and like read people's minds and he puts it on and like the ai assistant and it's just too loud in his ears so he's like i can't wear this it's too loud <laughs> by the way as we talk about all these jokes i i'll just say this thing was like a real struggle to get through and it's like i'm i'm one note was i feel every minute i'm watching and but as we talk about it i feel like my score is going up i'm just saying oh you thought time. these were all good <laughs> in retrospect in retrospect i'm i'm enjoying this a lot more <laughs> Well, you probably really enjoyed the next scene because as they get into space, Buddy and Rocket Boy, they drink Jupiter juice. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. It's like it's like fluorescent. They're like drinking juice. There's no it, it's just a like a visual gag. Yeah. And every time they cut back to Buddy, too, it's like all over his face. Like every single time they go back, it's in like different That's spots. That's the joke. He's got it all over his face. Can you believe it? It is wild. And I think later they'll be like, you drank what is it? It was like washer fluid or something. Washer fluid. Yeah, it was like coolant or something like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't feel so well. <laughs> By the way, Megan, spot on. <laughs> Thank you. I actually survive off of Ron James impressions. That's how I make my money. You're a, you're a Ron James cover artist. Yeah. Anyone be to Manitoba? <laughs> Why I bring up this Jupiter Juice gag though is. In this sequence, which will feel like it's happening in real time, they complain that they have to travel, like, I believe it's 20,000 light years to get to Palamon the Wise's kind of spaceship in space. And it's a very long flight that's very boring. And we have to kind of watch these scenes where they're bored in space. (laughs) But not only do they do this once, they go to Palamon's and then they come back about the same length of time. And they will go back and forth, I think, four to six times over the course of this movie. And each time, they never shorten the gap of time it takes them. We always have to watch a scene where they're boringly, they're like, we're bored. It takes so long to get there. So we watch this like six times happen. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a little bit of a um, a byproduct of cutting these episodes together. You know what I mean? They're just like, okay, we need to really try to make this this seem like it's one long thing. And they're like, well, how do we do that? There's just more scenes of them flying. Or yeah, because if it's like all episodes, right? Like maybe in each episode they had a period where they're like in space. Traveling. That's probably what it so was. So then when it was all cut together, it felt like a lot of trips back and forth. Yeah, that's what I think. Do you think that running gag would have been funny as a serialized <laughs> funnier than this? No, but but I think you're right. I think that's what it was. I think it was a serialized bit of like it's just them being consistent. It just takes long time. They're always that joke is they're bored. Like is it funny? Not really. But it just. <laughs> It only stands out when you watch it. You're saying like five, six times in an episode. You're like, geez, this is a lot of time of us. Like, like because these don't these don't move the plot forward or they don't teach you about the characters at all. They're just people sitting around. Well, and it's also really funny because clearly the guy can like project his head to wherever they are. So you're always like, well, why do they have to go see him physically <laughs> if he can just point. sort of tell them like, go over there, you know? Well, when they get to the wise one, he explains that he needs rocket by rocket boy, rocket by to uh, <laughs> defeat Hawkhead because Hawkhead is trying to steal all the hair off of human heads from Earth in order to furnish his nest so his eggs can hatch and then <laughs> conquer Earth. Love it. I-, I mean, I've never heard of a more concrete plan in my life. <laughs> Take over already, Hawkhead. Come on. <laughs> and the other reason, of course, they need to go to visit the wise one is that the wise one needs to team them up with their adorable sidekick, Mr. Pym. 
Yeah, Mr. Pym, who's like my. I wrote he. I said he looks like some short hair creature that kind of looks like a Bichon Frise. Ooh, yeah, or like one of those dogs that has a little bow at the top. Yeah. you know. But he's he's uh, excuse the wrong term. He's a. I'm guessing a either a child or a little person in a costume. Correct. Or a very short person, maybe. Or a very short person. Yeah, he's about four feet tall, stands like a human, but uh, looks like an adorable dog. He's like a mix of a dog and, like, Cousin It. And his eyes glow, I think, right? His eyes do glow. It's very unnerving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part, I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't know if I like that. And that's when we get the merchandising joke that, like, he's such a cute kind of lovable character that they could really, uh, 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 what's his, uh, Pala, Pala, the Palamon. wise one, Jordan. Pa- Palamon, the wise one. He can really, uh, really, really make some money on this guy. And like Rocket Boy really doesn't like Mr. Pym for some reason. He, I guess he just doesn't enjoy the adorableness of him. Well, did you notice too, every time he's close to him, he like grabs his leg? Like at the beginning of when they're like, okay, you have to do stuff. Like Pym just goes, Mr. Pym will like grab his leg like a kid or something. Like, he's like, get off of me. You, you're talking about how Hawkhead seemed to be having a lot of fun with this role. I did feel like the actor playing Mr. Pym was also doing a pretty good job. I did feel though that like uh, the this Mr. Pym character was one of the uh, more like uh, uh, I could see the seams more of the editing of the episodes because it would be a lot of like he shows up and they're like anyways Mr. Pym needs to leave for a minute <laughs> and you're like what and that happened like three times they're like he's got to go fly a ship you're like why and they're like oh he's gonna leave for another moment it's like they clearly had things that they they like we, we introduce his character but he didn't. I don't know if it was like he was not in every episode or he just didn't uh, match with the main storyline, but it did seem like there was a lot of like, anyways, he's in that room over there. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> I mean, a bit of the running gag, I guess, is that he's not well liked by the other character. <laughs> yeah, there's that. At any rate, they return to Earth and then uh, get back. There's this whole sequence with the, with the cowboy who wants to buy a wristwatch and then he likes opera and he hears Mr. Pym singing because they left Mr. Pym in the car and then he comes out and he's just like, I want to buy your singing giant dog off you and Mr. Pym didn't, drives off in Rocket Boy's car so Rocket Boy has now lost his car slash rocket ship. Yeah. That's one of those ones where I was like, mm, I feel like this was a weird editing thing. <laughs> it's just, it's a really meandering scene in order to set up a, uh, a, a, a roadblock for Rocket Boy. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, but it is at this moment though that uh, finally one of our lead characters suffers hair loss yeah buddy buddy has his hair taken off oh that scene was long too he's like in the parking lot he's like, <laughs> jumping up and down trying to grab his hair from the beam watching a 22 year old Ron James in a bald cap <laughs> yeah he seemed like he was enjoying it and Buddy does eventually catch his hair, but he gets sucked into space via tractor beam and captured by Hawkhead as a result. And he's pretty much, correct me if I'm wrong, he's pretty much just captured for the rest of this show, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's tied up with hair. But what's important is Rocket Boy needs to recruit someone to help him. So he does what he Palamon told him not to, is reveals his secret identity to Susan. Yeah. But they do do a joke where it's like, He's like, uh, would you believe it? I'm Rocket Boy. And obviously she doesn't know who that is. And she's like, yeah, you've been telling me this like a bunch. Like, I've, I I, just don't really care. Yeah. When he has the exchange with Palmon too, he's like, don't. They're they're worried about your identity. Like, they're going to release it. And he's like, oh, well, Buddy knows. And then he's like, and Susan knows. And my parents. And like all these other people. Yeah. It seems like uh, old Rocket Boy just tells anyone he means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
obviously the show must go on. So Susan's quickly recruited to Rocket Boy's cause and they have to get up to space and uh, go talk to Palamon the Wise, but don't have his car anymore. So uh, Palamon the Wise's head appears to them holograph style and says, just just go rent. I think he says rent a rocket ship, which they decide means just rent a car. And there's a whole sequence where like, will this car turn to a spaceship when we drive to the car wash? The answer is yes. Yeah. Just a slower one. Yeah. It's just a car with wings now. In, yeah, in this universe, you could put anything through that car wash and it will become some sort of spaceship. That's what we've led to believe, right? I like that. Exactly, exactly. It just adds wings. Just a tricycle through and then... Whew, you there, there you go. Meanwhile, of course, Buddy's spending his time as a hostage of Hawkhead. And there's like a whole sequence where he's just like trying to trying to figure out what to do about Hawkhead. And he's like, I'll, I'll give up my, my friend Rocket Boy. I think it's a ploy on his part to get himself toward Rocket Boy. And it's a weird sequence that is... a play off a joke earlier about how rocket boy keeps getting the wrong phone calls on his answering machine because people get confused in the phone book they think they're calling robert boyd when they're calling rocket boy you know what i i didn't think because they set it up first where he goes to his um because he takes he's like susan we gotta go to my my secret fortress and it's just like his apartment (laughs) and it's just like a like a boring lame apartment and he's just like checking his messages and they do the joke where he's like oh it's a message for robert boyd um and i was like not funny but later on they they really uh, uh, emphasize the joke by having uh, Hawkhead capture someone he thinks is Rocket Boy, but it's actually <laughs> Robert Boyd. And I'll be honest, that made me laugh because it's so dumb. And they made the unfunny joke funny. So that's a point for them. Um, and poor Robert Boyd, he gets tossed out an airlock and murdered in the middle of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. He had his hair taken off first, too. Oh, I thought he might have just been bald already. No, no, he had his hair taken off. <laughs> that's That's Hawkhead's thing. Anyway, Rocket Boy does the 20 million mile journey back to get to the wise one. And um, on their way back, there's obviously long scenes where he has time to chat. And Susan Boy brings up the facts like, well, you're a grown man. Why are you called Rocket Boy? So we get this weird comedy scene where when he gets there, he's like, Palamon, I don't want to be a Rocket Boy anymore. I want to be a Rocket Man. So uh, Palamon like upgrades him to the next level of Rocket Boy. Uh, Rocket lad. <laughs> <laughs> in like a full, I guess, sort of like German Austrian kind of getup with like a little pointy hat and pointy shoes and stuff. Yeah, it almost tights. was like a. It was like a mix between like a like a uh, something you'd see at like Oktoberfest mixed with like Robin Hood. Yes. What a gag, eh? To see Rocket Lad. I loved it. Yeah. So he basically the joke is that he's like, I'm tired of being called Rocket Boy because I'm a man. It's Rocket Lad, so he's like, I guess I'll just stick with with Rocket Boy. I also love that he asks that after Susan's like, um, isn't it a little weird you're still a boy? And he's like, oh, I gotta impress Susan. Gotta get, it, gotta get the next level. Didn't seem to have a problem with it before. Sure, no, well, he's gotta impress before. Susan. <laughs> Susan's got that murky post haircut. You gotta impress her. Yeah. And then right after, he's like, oh, no, no, I wanna go back. <laughs> Give me my cute outfit again. Anyway... After this little sequence, they ask Palamon what he should do. Palamon's just like, well, obviously just follow the hair getting sucked off Earth back to Hawkhead. So another 20 billion light year journey back to Earth. And on the way back, though, he happens to crash directly into Hawkhead's ship on his way back. It's because he um, he loses his hair. His hair starts getting oh. taken off, and that yes. um, makes him lose control while he's trying to grab his hair and lose control. And then he cra- just coincidentally, it's a kid show, crashes into... Uh, crashes into the ship i guess that does make sense actually he's so close his hair came off yeah yeah i mean to be fair if you were driving let's say you're driving your car and your hair suddenly all came off i think you'd probably have a little trouble driving (laughs) that's true that's probably true 
I mean, I one time about a year ago, this is when you cut this out. A year ago, I was driving on the highway and a tire uh, blew. And I had to like, and what I found is I'm pretty good at stunt driving as I was like careening all over the road. And, and that's what I just thought of now, but my, my hair stayed on. So that's the only reason I was saved. So this story doesn't have any relevance at all. No, I just wanted everyone to know that I'm a good stunt driver. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when your hair falls off, then we'll talk. Oh, don't worry. It's doing that on its own. <laughs> it leads to a little scene, which I think is, you know, like the show, it's for kids. It's sort of for humor. Rocket Boy, like, goes on the ship first to, like, protect Susan from anything. What he finds on the ship is there's a record player playing sounds of guard dogs that are protecting the egg nest. So, like, that's the gag. It's like, he just has a record player. And he, he shoots the record player to destroy it. But but it's not because then uh, he he basically does it. Susan comes in. It's like, what was it? And he was like, he gives this big tall tale, right? He's like, oh, it was this big monster that I killed and blah. But don't worry about it. I did it. And then just at that moment, a... I think it's supposed to be like a big like creature like a big and what oh, how did it look what did it look like I feel like? like it was a big orange like glow like it was sort of a big orange kind of looked like a monster but what there wasn't like distinguishing features I don't think like eyes or mouth or anything like that it was just like a big being This is a very specific reference but like it looked like an animation from this Japanese horror film called House from like the 1980s I think it's just like a weird drawing of a large amorphous creature that's very orange very mm-hmm. big very very it's like the best part of the movie for me i was just like what am i looking at like this like very strange monster but the gag is of course that then susan pulls rocket man's gun out and kills it herself and uh turns out she's a little more capable than old rocket boy yeah well and it's it's a good point because that's sort of a gag right the it, the joke through this is that rocket boy is not that impressive right is that, that that's what we're supposed to get to this whole show that he's like he because it's it's weird because they don't really lean into it. It's not like um he's like a, a Inspector Clouseau or something like that where like he's like like accidentally bumping into things that are solving you know yeah uh, he doesn't like Mister Magoo his way into solutions but it also is that like oh he's also not that good because Rocket <laughs> Boy's kind of lame I guess. I mean, really, the character of Rocket Boy is just like average white man who's just like has an important job. <laughs> So very relevant. <laughs> he's not particularly good at it, but he's not particularly bad at it. He's just kind of there. I mean, guys, he earned it. He earned that position. <laughs> <laughs> His dad was friends with the wise one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, an alarm goes off in, uh, I guess, mission control for Hawkhead, which turns on a TV, sees Susan and Hawkhead are down in the nest, goes down, immediately captures them. There's no struggle they're just captured, tied up in hair, and then placed with old buddy on. I believe they call it later the wall of death. I, I don't know why it's a wall of death. It's just like they're stuck against the wall. I also love the like dramatic moments where the wall's like coming down, but it's just like taking its time to come down. <laughs> You're just watching them be like, ah. it's just uh, it's just some like grip in the corner, just wheeling it. <laughs> Lower the wall of death. He's got a cigarette in his mouth, and he's doing one handing it. <laughs> Oh, and I should say, Luke, real quick, it doesn't really uh, uh, become anything later, but this is the scene where uh, Rocket Boy's a little irritated because he sees that Susan has been given a necklace, I think it is. Oh, oh yeah, the, the jewelry. <laughs> yeah. It's a necklace basically from Mr. Wong as like a gift, like, thanks for being oh, like a great employee, I think it is. And then he, and then later on you find that the buddy, I think, had, but he had a watch, right? Yeah. That he also got? I think he finds the watch first and then he finds the necklace when, yeah. Because yeah, they so find the, jo- the watch right away, kind of when they get there. They're like, oh, this is Buddy's watch. He must be here. 
Yeah, it's like the gag is that Mr. Wong's given everyone a present except for Slip, I guess is what they call him. Slip, Rocket Boy. And he's very offended for some reason. <laughs> yeah, but again, it doesn't really amount to anything. It's just like, it, it, it just, it's there. But yes, essentially all the heroes have been captured. And there's a little sequence here where when uh, Hawkhead goes to capture Susan and um, Rocket Boy, Mr. Pym suddenly appears because he's, he's flown up in Buddy's spaceship. Or, uh, pardon me, but he doesn't have a spaceship. Rocket Boy spaceship. And he has the ability to just kind of, like, appear wherever he wants. So he appears. Him and Buddy come up with a plan that uh, Mr. Pym's going to cause a distraction. Rocket Boy's going to, or Buddy's going to use that to get the drop on Hawkhead. All that really happens there is that Mr. Pym blows up Rocket Boy's spaceship. And then Buddy's going to jump out and get uh, Hawkhead. But he just kind of falls over and does the worm on the ground for two seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's not time-wasting at all. <laughs> but they are eventually saved when Mr. Pym pops out of the nest with Rocket Boy's laser gun. Although, oh, I'm forgetting a whole sequence, which makes no sense either. But whatever, I'm going to bring it up anyway. Because they're all captured. And then Palamon the Wise's head shows up and says, use your power, Rocket Boy. And somehow Hawkhead is able to force him to go from floating. Like, he materializes oh, yeah. Palamon the Wise from floating hologram head to human being and also captures palman the wise so like every character in the show is now captured against the devil <laughs> well and i should mention i don't think we we did say before that um hawkhead because that's who only the only person i want to talk about he, one of his wing powers is he can like uh i guess it's use his mind but he always like waves his his wing at things and like he can like tie people up and he just like waves his wing or he like can move objects and in this case um and also like when he like I think he plays a, what does he play? A piano and he also plays like a saxophone <laughs> or something else. Um, but in this thing, yeah, he just pulls Palamone out of like whatever interdimensional place Space. he is. And then it's like, yeah, he's like, and and you're tied up too. They also don't really like acknowledge that at all. Is like, is this a thing that's common? And if so, why are you hologramming into the, like. Yeah. It's very bizarre, but it's all just set up. They're all captured. This gives Mr. Pym the chance to pop out with a laser gun, which Palman screams. He doesn't know how to use a laser gun, and then, like, Mr. Pym's just shooting wildly around the spaceship. Yeah, does he hit his... Because oh, I don't think we said the name of the thing that he uses to pull hair up. It's called the Interplanetary Hair Transplanter. Yes, this is this is the moment when the Interplanetary Hand Transplanter is destroyed by Mr. Pym. Yeah, accidentally, but it's great because he's been pulling everyone on Earth's hair off. Which, by the way, anytime we cut back to Earth, it doesn't seem like it's causing that much that much chaos other than in Mr. Wong's store. <laughs> well, we never go any further than Mr. Wong's store on Earth. <laughs> yeah. But you would think, like, in the background, there'd be people running around bald. But it's just John Candy uh, caught under a TV. There was that one scene where a customer came in to return the TV she bought because the newscaster was bald. And she said it was the TV's fault. But it turned out he just That's was right. bald the next day. <laughs> Yeah, Paul, Paul Reisig from Action 5 News. <laughs> that's right. And it, it was longer than you'd think. She'd be like, it's got to be the TV. He always has hair. And I was like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> Jordan just loves this more and more. He talks about it. It's great. I do. I, it's it's going up. The score is going up. Don't worry. Um, anyway, this is an incredibly long sequence of Mr. Pym firing the weapon around. And the canned laugh track audience is losing their mind during the sequence. They, like, the <laughs> laugh track is off the chart during the sequence. Let me say that though the laugh track is like it's it's not great and it's it's weird now to see things with laugh tracks um, just because we're so used to now not having them in TV. But um, if it didn't have it in this, you wouldn't know what half the jokes are. Like it it does at least indicate to you like oh that was a joke. Oh, I thought that was just all the cast and crew laughing behind the scenes because <laughs> everything was so funny. I was having a, they're always like, they're like don't worry, 
buy that Porsche because this this show is going to make us millions. <laughs> well, Canadian Porsche. Yeah, it's a Canadian Porsche. It's just a, a Volkswagen. It's seventy five percent of a normal Porsche. <laughs> you guys ever driven that out of Manitoba? That's my Ron James. <laughs> At any rate, Mister Pym eventually bites the leg of Hawkhead, and that somehow causes the ship to like i guess all the ro- all the laser damage is causing the ship to break down so they all like escape with mr pym get on uh the rented rock the rented rocket car and they escape as in the background the ship explodes and, and we get a reverse shot of all the hair going back yeah all the hair starts returning to earth and no lie no word of a lie here i'm just like well that's it the movie's over and i move the mouse on my youtube video and there was 45 minutes left. I was like, I don't understand. This is the end. There's like, It's over. He's dead. The rocket ship exploded. Everybody's saved. How is there 45 minutes left in this? You know what it was like? It was like, if you know when you're watching an old infomercial, I really like old infomercials. And I don't know if they still do it, but they'd be like, you know, and you get nine knives and then you get this and you get a juicer. And they go, but wait, there's more. And I always used to, I always used to watch it. And I'd be like, there's got to be more. There's no way. <laughs> For three easy payments of nineteen ninety nine, I'm gonna get just that, and I used to love that. And all of my dad would come and stop watching this garbage. Anyways, regardless of that, um, that's what that's that's what I felt like at this moment. You're like, it's done. Like, no, no, wait, there's more. Also, I was curious about like how he had been like taken care of because he literally just like kind of falls into the nest, and then they're like, oh, well, we've gotten rid of Hawkhead. Like he's done for. But he literally had just like fallen into the nest. Well, as we see in the next scene, he just climbs out of the nest. His ship is not as destroyed as it seems like it was, and he's repaired the interplanetary hair transplanter, but it's sort of broken now. So now, what does it do now? It pulls up like newspapers. Oh yeah. I don't know why though. And I couldn't tell if it was newspapers that only talk about hair or if it was just all newspapers. Oh, it might have been that, Luke. But it was newspapers. And he was basically like, eh, I can still use that for a nest. <laughs> yeah. Which begs the question, why didn't he do that from the beginning, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's because it sets up his new goal, which is he got to look at that Susan, the assistant manager, and he's got to marry her. I think the quote was, who might that charming young lady be? <laughs> Yeah, he is great. I have to say, the guy does a great performance. He's just, he's really towing that line of a cartoon villain. We get to go back to our heroes who, it's insane. Like, they, they've they left the ship after theoretically defeating Hawkhead. And now we just get a long sequence where they're like, oh, well, let's let's get everybody home. And uh, Pal and Wise is like, well, take me home first. And they're like, you're the furthest away. And he's like, I need to go home first. And we just watch for like five minutes as they take Pal and the Wise home. <laughs> Yeah, but isn't it because Palomo, he's going on vacation and he needs someone to water his plants? Yeah, that's it. That's the gag. As he gets home, he's like, I'm going on vacation. Will you please take my plants? Yeah. <laughs> Can plants not take care of themselves, Jordan? Uh, it depends. Depends what they are. But the, for some reason, I think it's like because of the distance, he's like, well, we'll just put them on our ship and bring them back to Earth. That's what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they that's it. They take the ships back to Earth. Uh one of the gags that I thought was sort of funny in this is that Susan rented the car in her credit card. And uh, as they've been <laughs> flying around, she realizes they have to pay for mileage. So I believe they say she's put on like 40,000, 60,000, 100,000 light years on it. And she goes to return the car and finds out she has a mileage charge of $180 trillion. Yeah. But then she realized there was like a deal, right? So then she got it for free or something? Yes, yes. Like well, unlimited. I believe I believe she says it was uh, it was the weekend rate though, which is uh, unlimited miles <laughs> for forty eight dollars. Yeah, but it it is a funny thing that they do this running gag of like she keeps being worried about how many kilometers she's putting on the car, 
And then at the end, they're just like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm like, that was a long journey to get there. That was a classic joke of 1984, probably. You remember seeing all those commercials about unlimited mileage on weekends for $48. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, hey, I should bet you, though, while they're um, flying back to Earth, this is one of the important things is that so they've already kind of played a little bit that Rocket Boy might like Susan a little bit. Um, and she it's sort of unrequited. She doesn't really have any feelings back for him. Um, but then while they're flying, they see written in the stars, Marry Me Susan. And uh, Rocket Boy thinks that Palamon did it because Palamon's like, hey, you seem to like her. Let me let me help. And uh, obviously it's really done by Hawkhead because he's more of a charmer than Rocket Boy. Yes, this is Rock- this is Hawkhead's first attempt to get her to marry him. Megan, would that work? I was just gonna say it's just further proof that Hawkhead is the is the main character. You know, <laughs> he's doing all the work here. <laughs> but when they get back to Earth, because this is just a complete reset, basically halfway through, because because it is a series of serialized TV shows, uh, Rocket Boy also receives a new car slash rocket ship from Old Palamon the Wise. It gets, I guess, built piece by piece by the car wash man. Who knows? He's just there with a big box. That's right. It's like it's like a, a big box, like it was, as it was like sent by IKEA or something that they had to put the car together. But it's like it's the funny thing again. It it's it's too. Uh, there's no like punchline to the joke because you're like, oh, is that gonna be a thing later? And then you see the car. They're like, yeah, we put it together. I'm like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> glad we had that scene in there. Well, it's just that the next scene is uh, Mr. Pym pulling up to give him the car. And then uh, they hear a knocking in the trunk when they open it. Palamon's floating head is in the trunk, kind of giving them a new mission, warning them. They're like, oh, hey, Hawkhead's not dead. We didn't defeat him. Watch the skies, Rocket Boy. And there's a really weird gag where they, they close the trunk on his head. And then they hear all this coughing and they open it. And then, like, his floating head smoking a cigar in the trunk. <laughs> I liked that. I don't, know why, I don't know why he was smoking. I just liked it. It'd be actually, you know what? It'd be a better gag if that's where Palamon always was. They always have to open the trunk of the car and his head was in there. That's funny. And every time it's different. He's like having a drink, you know, playing cards. That's a spinoff, spinoff potential. <laughs> so you want you want a Palamon show? You want a Hawkhead show? I do. We need to yeah. make a, like a whole universe, you know, Marvel, you're really under, they just need to pay attention to Rocketboy. There's a whole <laughs> world here, whole mostly verses. And the, you know what's weird? They they go back to at this point like they go to Wong's a lot, but there's very l- less to do uh, than like in the first half of this because you were saying like I think we're forty five minutes in, and they go to Wong so many times until the very end. I kind of felt bad because I was like I thought um, the the store could be a little bit more zany, but like they had like the John Candy scene with the C, uh, with the TV, and then later on when when Hawkhead eventually would come down, Mister Wong has something to do. But a lot of time it was I felt like it was kind of unused potential. Also, Mr. Wong is like a great boss because he did not seem too concerned that like rock like a slip. Well, he fires them like just... ten times. Oh yeah. Oh, you're right. I guess. <laughs> but then he just rehires them. Yeah. Good guy. He's a real Elon Musk. He fires you and then realizes he needs your code, so he just brings you right back. <laughs> yeah. Brings you right back. Yeah, he's a lot like Elon Musk. You're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at any rate, now they know Hawk- Hawkhead's back. He says, watch the sky. So Buddy and Rocket Boy jump back in their rocket ship, fly back out to space. And this is what you're talking about. It's like, finally, Mr. Wong's comes into play a little bit more in that Hawkhead, like, immediately uses that necklace that Mr. Wong gave Susan to track down Mr. Wong's store. He goes there in disguise. He's, like, wearing a really big trench coat that's, like, over his wings. So he looks like he has a weird hunchback. Okay. 
This might be the weirdest sequence of the show. So what happens is, and Megan, I think you agree. Yeah. It's, it's So he shows up in like incognito, but it's a funny, it's like a cartoon thing. He's essentially wearing a trench coat. It doesn't fit properly because he has so many feathers on him on his, on his entire body. And so then he's, I think he's wearing a hat. And at one point, like, I like that he like winks to Susan and she apparently does still doesn't recognize him. He kind of like goes like, hey, it's me. And she's like, uh-huh. And it isn't until he takes his jacket off that she knows it's him, which was, I thought kind of funny. But the weirdest thing happens in a show where, I'm going to say, this is weirder than a show where a guy goes into a car, into a car wash that shoots him into space, is Hawkhead is pretending to be some character. He's in the store. And a kid comes up to him and goes, give me a ride. And he's like, I don't want to. And, and everyone's sort of like, looks at him like publicly shaming him and he's like oh okay and then the kid climbs on his back and he gives the kid a piggyback ride around the store now i grew up in the 80s i don't remember once (laughs) walking up to a stranger and demanding they give me a piggyback ride but they they implied that it was the worst social sin you could do by refusing this child i'll be honest jordan while i watched this scene i Part of me was just like, we're going to ha- record this podcast and Jordan's going to tell a story about when this exact thing happened to us. <laughs> no, no, it never happened. I, I used to, when I was a kid, I loved uh, getting on my dad's shoulders. That was fun. But I never... Yeah, you uh, never uh, demand it from a stranger. No, never. Have you done that lately, though, with your dad? Like, you just hopped on there? <laughs> he gets on my back. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. I was also just like, so just this kid's going to demand a piggyback ride from stranger. I'm like, okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's how it gets revealed, right? That's how his jacket ends up falling off because the kid, like, on the way off is like, Arr. Well, that's I, the thing. They, it's it's almost as if they were the right, in the writer's room. <laughs> I'm sure there was not a writer's room. And they're just like, they're like, how do we get his jacket off? It, it, there's no way to do it. And like, I don't know. What if a kid asks him to give him a piggyback ride? You're like, oh, it's solved. All right. It's lunch, everyone. Anyway, Hawkhead's revealed. Susan finally remembers who he is. And um, he basically is the, like, I'm here to kidnap Susan to marry her. Every customer in the store is kidnapped, and you're all my wedding guests now. That was funny, though. I do like that all the characters in the store become wedding guests. And then you're missing the other thing is that he turns uh, Mr. Wong into, like, robot Mr. Wong. Yeah. He turns, yes, he turns Mr. Wong into his servant, and he does, like, it's a very long, very long sequence where he, like, wiggles his fingers at Mr. Wong, and James (laughs) Wong has to, like, pretend to, like, transform and be in pain for, like, a minute and a half. Oh, yeah, his hand. I remember just, like, his hands are going like this. Just wiggling him around. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think it was supposed to be that he was fighting. I think he was fighting against the transformation is what it was supposed to be. It's also really weird to focus in on Hawkhead's hands and clearly see he has fingers when the entire show so far has been about how he has no fingers. Well, he has very articulate feathers. That are just as good as a human's and can do anything a human could do. Maybe even better, okay? And in fact, I believe this is where he does ventriloquism in this uh, store <laughs> after a, man, a customer says, those don't look very uh, helpful. <laughs> yeah. No, again, that's like, funny. Nobody that leaves. Is funny. <laughs> uh, but back to back to Mr. Wong. Yes. He's transformed into a servant who, I, yeah, Jordan, I don't know. He, he, they call him a zombie at times. All that we see in the transformation is he sits down and then like a TV antenna grows out the top of his head. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like he's now like a remote-controlled person, but with feather fingers. Does he have feather fingers too? No, 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 that he's controlled by his feather fingers. Oh, I see. No, he, he, he retains his human fingers. While all this is happening on Earth, Rocket Boy and Buddy, it's revealed, are just apparently flying around space aimlessly, hoping to, like, bump into Hawkhead. And instead, they bump into Palamon the Wise, who said he was going to a different dimension for his vacation. 
It's because they, there's a line, Luke, where uh, they think they're tracking Hawkhead, but the whole time they've just been tracking Palamon. Oh, uh, well, now it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, because. But the only, the, I think this is the po- uh, point where it's more, uh, more interesting thing happens is that uh, because I think they're they're flying and something happens, they get distracted, so the ship kind of flies crazy for a bit, and so we find out that the ship has an automatic um, like safety feature, which is it stops it. Oh yeah, um, and it's basically, and then what we get is a video comes on, which is Rick Moranis, yeah yeah, wearing a blonde wig, and he basically is like the safety manual video, and he basically uh, he says uh, that because they be driving erratically, the ship is shut down for two hours. And, uh, and then basically for the next two hours, Rick Moranis will tell you safety features. And so they have to sit there and just watch him uh, talk about safety for the next two hours before they can fly. And the, the real point of it is it's one, you get Rick Moranis, who everyone likes. And the second thing is that now you have a little delay obstacle for, for Rocket Boy. He can't, get, uh, he can't get to the wedding in time. Yeah, that's not the part we're at, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it is right because Rocket Boy... As soon as as soon as the uh they, they all go up, I have the next thing. That's what happens. I mean, it might not be sequentially, but that's what happens with Rocket Boy, anyways. That's the, that's what the show's called, Rocket Boy. That's all we need to talk. That's about. all we need to know. That's true. That does happen. <laughs> I think what happens is Palamon kind of informs them that uh, he's angry at them because he's like, oh, when I told you to watch the skies, I meant watch oh, the yeah. skies above the ro- the video store. They're back down on Earth. Get down there. Yeah. That's right. And then Rocket Boy flies back to Earth, arrives at the video store. Nobody is there. <laughs> And he finds an invitation from Hawkhead to come to the wedding. You're right. You're right. It's fine, Jordan. This show's so confusing. It could have happened at any point at any time. You, but you're right. There is there is a wedding invitation left. So they now know the wedding is happening. And then they fly back out. And then the Rick Moranis. Well, that's what happens. I mean. You're There's right. so much back. And, like, literally, like, you just described a scene, th- like, four scenes later. But the scenes in between are like, talk to Palamon, fly back to Earth. Find find an invitation. Okay, fly to the fly to the wedding. <laughs> and then we get a weird scene here, and I, I think I made a stop to pay attention at one point. But like Hawkhead gets a phone call, and it's someone angry because they're not invited to the wedding. Who was that person? That's what's happening here. Is like Rick Moranis is coming on the thing because they've stalled the ship out, and like it's because at this moment they're like they get the wedding invitation. They're like, okay, well we're in the home stretch now. They're gonna go right to the wedding. We're going to the climax. But instead of going to the climax, they need to, like, fill out another, like, I guess 20 minutes of the cereal. So they get stuck in a ship for two hours on the way to the wedding. And then they need something for Palomar, or not Palomar, Hawkhead to be Hawkhead. doing. So Hawkhead just, while we're doing scenes with Rick Moranis, Hawkhead is just getting calls from, like, other supervillains. I think it's, like, Infernal Man. Oh, yeah, Man. Inferno. Inferno Man. And he was like, how come Iceman's invited or something? And then they, like, <laughs> cut to just, like, an ice chunk as Iceman, which I've fully loved and then the next call he gets is from his ex-wife i know it's, it's <laughs> he's like Wong, how'd she get my number it's like Wong just got here okay she probably already had it don't, don't blame your zombie okay so on the way to the climax where everything's been set up we get 10 minutes of rocket boy sitting in a ship for two hours and 10 minutes of hawkhead making random phone fo- getting random phone calls it is funny because uh, you know uh taking yourself out of the plot for a bit uh, obviously they did the best they could with like to try to create a TV movie sort of thing, but it is scenes like this where you can really feel it where it's like, Oh, like Luke, you said before, like halfway through it's like, Oh, it should be done. No, no, keep going. But then it's like, it's these little bits that stretch it out. And so what you get is a lot of scenes that don't feel like they, uh, they lead to another scene. So it's like, mm. they're in a ship. Why? Uh, oh, there's, Oh, there's a one throwaway line. That's why. And so you just get these series of scenes and it just, it does the opposite of what I think they want to do, which is it just starts making it feel longer and longer because you just keep going. 
oh god there's another scene of them in the ship where nothing's happening we've seen this 10 times now well it is i think it is they've written the plot out and they're like well now it's time to get to the wedding and stop the wedding and they're like looking at the page count being like well we need to get another episode out here of this somehow so it's like we need it we need an obstacle and they're like maybe they're stuck for two hours and then there's like phone calls because like after the two hour like like pause on the ship the safety measure ends they immediately arrive at the wedding and mr wong zombie mr wong like knows martial arts and like beats up rocket ball yeah that's right yeah it's an extended fight scene and mr wong and that's the i think that's supposed to be the joke is right before that is we mentioned at the beginning of this that rocket boy has a helmet that gives him i wrote it down he can fly be invisible see through walls breathe underwater and has super strength but he doesn't want to put it on because the ai is too loud so he goes down and he's like i don't need it i'll use my wits and then immediately he gets in a fight with mr wong and gets (laughs) his butt kicked and it's like oh he should have had his helmet on i think was supposed to be the joke yeah well and then after mr wong beats him up we get a we get a nice 15 to 30 second sequence of james hong dancing yeah he will he, well well hawkhead's like well oh, yeah. done in your victory um to celebrate i need you to dance and yeah wong so... dance for our guests <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was embarrassing his dancing was good though he did like that sort of like miming like i don't know if that's b-boy or something where he was like i was like oh Hong, wong's got moves <laughs> i know he really committed to it i was very impressed i'm like you you're doing this for something uh, far below your skills it's a trained actor he probably just said a mime yeah <laughs> <laughs> at any rate uh we haven't talked about it much but the video copy we're watching which as far as anyone on the internet can tell might be the only surviving copy of rocket boy is missing a few little pieces so like there's like a missing reel here which i don't think it's long i think maybe we lose like 20 to 40 seconds of the show but like from the dancing mr wong we cut hard to rocket boy and buddy are tied up against the wall of death suddenly and the wedding's just like they haven't finished it but they're just kind of hanging around yeah yeah, there, it, it, there's it, a few times through the, the this obviously YouTube video that we're watching, there's like a couple scenes missing. And I think probably what it is, is at one point someone had, um, there were commercials, I think, and someone had stopped the recording and played the recording, but it wasn't quite on. So in this transfer, you're just, there's these, like, they didn't get it quite on. So we're missing five seconds before a commercial, 10 seconds after a commercial sort of thing. And so it's, it's just a little jarring because I think one you're mentioning, Luke, I think, yeah, they missed like 30 seconds or so. Or the, the important thing is we didn't see Rocket Boy get tied up. You're like, no, he's tied up now. It's true. Uh, but at least what we see is Palamon's head like, once again reappears. It floats into frame. And as was teased at the 45 minute mark, he's just like, Rocket Boy, you have to use your power. You, He has the mm-hmm. power in quotes. And we finally get to see what the power is. And apparently Rocket Boy's power is mind control via a blue beam he shoots out of his forehead yeah he so he shoots his blue beam uh out at uh hawkhead and sort of basically like start trying to get him to do what he wants and like you could see hawkhead fighting it but he's sort of like uh, almost like hypnotizing him right and then is it, what i like uh, i just is, want to ask a question is it crazy that our hero's secret power is just like just so overpowered he can like mind control people <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's only an overpower if he uses it all the time. But he like it's it's <laughs> it's been an it. it's been an hour twenty, and he's only using it now. So, but you were saying, Jordan, there's there's a reversal because Hawkhead's like being mind controlled. He's being told to let Susan go, let them all go, and he's about to do it when suddenly, yeah, and then another head shows up. Did, Megan, did you catch what the name of them was though? Oh, it was like Lord of the Evil in the Universe or something. Because Palamon's like Lord of Good in the Universe or something. So then this is like the reverse. I think Lord I actually of, like, thought that was funny. Something. 
Yeah, so it's like another glowing head shows up, and he's sort of like, Jordan, goes, do you want to know his full name? Yeah, what was his name? X-Con. Oh, X-Con. Oh, yeah. X-Con. Um, and, he, and he basically is like, no, Hawkhead, you, you should use your powers. And then he starts shooting it, like his red beam. Well, back. his power is like, use your power of also mind control. <laughs> yeah. And so they're both like mind controlling each other. And then what I like is Palad- Palamon shows up and the two heads just start bumping against each other because that's the only way they can fight because they're just floating heads. It's a really, it's a real end of a Harry Potter movie scene where like, a red laser and a blue laser bump into each other while two people stare at each other really hard. I, I haven't seen Harry Potter, so I don't know that reference. Well, you've seen a Ghostbusters movie. Same thing happens. I've seen Ghostbusters, yeah. You've seen a, a special effects movie. It's the classic fight of good and evil. Classic <laughs> fight of good and evil. But what I like is so then the, they're, um, the two heads are fighting and stuff. And I think uh, at what point does the kid kick the head? Palamon knocks X-Con out of the air like they bump heads and X-Con's like red floating head hits the ground and then a little kid just runs up and kicks it right and is is that what cracks one of the eggs I don't know I think the egg cracks on its own (laughs) Hmm. I because I do like because like one of the eggs cracks oh no it's because it's hatching at this time and then what comes out is I like what they did was it wasn't even like a, they didn't even try to do a baby it's just a shrunk version of Hawkhead it's just a tiny little like Hawkhead. A little chipmunk voice <laughs> yeah I like that yes we finally see the proverbial spawn of Hawkhead and it is just a six inch tall Hawkhead yeah yeah it's pretty good same outfit too yeah exactly well they all well it's, it's not an outfit it's his skin I think it's his skin is the feathers the boots part of his skin oh you think that was, I thought that was just like a suit he was wearing no, no, I think it's his actual, supposed to be his actual, like, he's part bird. That's very funny. But at any rate, this kind of ends the battle because uh, Hawkhead runs in. He needs to protect his newborn child and the rest of his eggs, of course. And I don't know exactly what happens here, but Hawkhead runs up. He's like, my kids. And then does Hawkhead have now the ability to just vanish and take anything with him as if he's, like, transporting from one spot to another in a moment, in a blink of an eye? Yeah, I think it's just an editing thing. I don't think I don't think he has an ability. It's just like he just like gets off into the ship, right? But he leaves his boots behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Hawkhead's got a lot of powers. I think this is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Hawkhead's got a this lot. This is of why he's the hero, and we need that spinoff, you guys. There's a yeah, lot to get into here. <laughs> At any rate, Hawkhead leaves the ship. Apparently, he steals Rocket Boy's new spaceship and flies off with his kids. That's what sort of happens. And that's right. That's done because there's a joke now where he's flying so fast that he also triggers Rick Moranis. And now I think it's like a longer period of time or something, isn't it? Or now he's getting like the ship is getting confiscated to go back to like. That's a- right. It's because he was driving. He was driving too fast, so it was stopped for dri- stopped for driving dangerously, and then like space police showed up and took him to court. Yes, yes. So two violations in 24 hours, Jordan. Now you're going yep. to space court. That's right. But again, just I, I know it's a kid show, and I you can't look for much logic here, but like. He's gone. Everyone's saved on Hawkhead ship. And then for some reason, Palamon's ship pulls up. And correct me if I'm wrong, Palamon's had just defeated X-Con on the ship. Palamon was there. He witnessed the entire battle. He witnessed witnessed everything happen. And then Palamon, the physical form, pulls up in a ship and says, what's Hawkhead's ship still doing here? Why isn't Rocket Boy taking care of this yet? And then Palamon storms the ship with guns as if he didn't know the battle had just happened. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, no, you yeah. have it, Luke. That's all correct. 
I also thought I feel like they they're, they're, the way that they introduce the head sometimes is you're like is that the real head like is that the real god because there is a difference so I was like I, that's an interesting point you made there that like the head has just experienced all that but now he has apparently not the real guy yeah that's what I was wondering too I'm like is his subconscious acting outside of the ability of his body <laughs> I think so, maybe. Maybe that's what we're supposed to pick up from that. It's gone rogue. At any rate, he storms the ship with his guns. There's another one of these, I guess, commercial breaks where we're also missing 30 seconds. So, like, it goes from him storming it with a gun to everything's normal again. And do we get a seat where they suddenly say that, like, a Mr. Pym shows up and they're like, he sold everything and kept the receipts. Like, what was that? He sold everything at the store? What was oh, that? Oh, yeah, Mr. Wong's store. Because Mr. Pym was left behind to run the store because... When oh, Hawk had left right. with Mr. his new, like, zombie Mr. Wong, they were like, well, there's nobody to run the store. They're like, let's just leave Mr. Pym here. So is the thing that like, they were worried there was kids sitting watching this and be like, guys, they have a rent to pay. What are they going to do this whole time? Someone has to be running that store. That was the point of that? When they left Mr. Pym at the store, he just opened the cash register and threw money everywhere. Yeah, immediately just started fumbling through the money. Right, right, right. <laughs> not getting employee of the month, that's for sure. He's not getting an Aculus. We do get some closure on what happened to Mr. Pym. He did a great job at the store. Uh, Palom on the Wise End gives us closure on uh, old Hawkhead. He's just like, don't worry about Hawkhead. He's going to prison for 15 years for reckless driving because they caught him for driving. So it all worked out in the end. So like, they're just like, that's closure on Hawkhead for you. And I was just sitting there being like, okay, so now as we're, we're wrap this up, I was like, when are they going to explain what happens to uh, Mr. Wong? When are they going <laughs> to explain how he gets fixed? Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> but they don't he, mr wong is now permanently a robot on the show that actually would be a funny thing if it was a serialized show and he was now a robot because he he still has the thing and he's not behaving they're just like he's a robot now i'm like what wait what he's the only one who doesn't think, go back to square one i think they've just forgot about it because what they're more concerned about is the relationship between susan and rocket boy and and you and you get what everyone's been waiting for which is the two of them kiss finally and then and they like make a joke like imply that like maybe they should get married because she's already in the wedding dress and she's like yeah, I don't know if I like you. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that's, is that what happens? Because the way I remember yeah. it is they say, we already have the wedding set up. And she's like, we do. And then she kisses Rocket Boy as if she's like saying yes to marrying him. Yeah, that's what I read too. Oh, really? No. I, but she does say... No, she reacts like this is a great idea. <laughs> hmm. I think I think we watched two different versions. I'm pretty sure she said she wasn't into it. Right, well, Megan and I vote for they get married, so I think we we win the democracy. Yeah, because to me, I read it as she's just like, eh, all right. Like, mm. She's like, I was going to marry someone today. It might as well be this guy, I guess. Okay, what we need is anyone listening to this to watch it and see who is right. Tiebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's the whole scene, too, where she like asks those her friends to like be her bridesmaids, and they're like all excited, and then they're that just was like, funny. but wait, this isn't by choice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep, just gotta relax. Yes, that sequence I believe falls in the two hours where Rocket Boy's ship is stuck and they're just like vamping for time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's it. That's that's the end of that's the end of Rocket Boy. Got to finish the movie with a wedding, right? Isn't that the whole? Yeah, it's 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 very Shakespearean. It's true. It's true. I mean, what a what a show. I personally blame this production for the reputation all Canadian television has of being bad. I think this is what people think of when they think Canadian TV sucks. Well, I think it it looks like, uh, until rather recently, the last 10 years, I think it looks like most people assumed like Canadian TV looked. Because let's say, like, look, the, the, the props are not good. The set deck is not good. The costumes are not good. The lighting is atrocious. Um, and it's clearly low budget. Some of the performances are pretty good. Like, again, Robert Donner, who plays Hawkhead, 10 out of 10. He's great. 
and uh like i like all the cameos of some of the people but like does it look cheap like oh absolutely i think it looked cheap even for 1984 they just threw a whole bunch of money at dave thomas because he went to the states and they're like you know what you're doing right and he did not yeah he did not know what he's doing no well do you have any final thoughts on this uh megan or should we get into writings oh um Oh, there's a couple things I really liked. I loved when she called him a feathery freak. That was great. That was a good <laughs> moment. I just had to highlight that. Oh, he fainted because he didn't have breakfast. Rocket Boy. I loved that. They're oh, like, oh, is it because right. he was hit by a bullet? No, he just fainted because he was didn't eat breakfast that day. Uh, I'm going to go for Hawkhead as Halloween next year. I think that's going to be my plan. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Megan, you're going to have to explain that to every single person you bump into. You're like, oh, so yeah. you're a bird? You're like, no, I'm a Hawkhead. Do you no, remember? No, no, no. Do you guys remember Dave Thomas? The 1989 the guy from, film, yeah. Also, the guy from it, Hamburgers? No. Have either of you guys seen the Canadian um, like Space Riders, Division Earth? It was like a web series. and There was like elements, I thought, of like that in this. Or, well, it, that's like a newer one, but it was made with, well, it was probably made like five or six years ago but it's well done but it has a similar kind of like hokey like not hokey but i don't know it's very funny and very silly but it gave me echoes of that too and it's like canadian good plug yeah it's good it's very good and there's silly monsters and stuff too also how come hawkhead never went after like mr pym he had so much hair he didn't even need to take over earth he could have just taken a little mr thought pym. Of that. that's a really good point thank you i assumed it was just because it was human hair he needed but um, oh he, newspapers work too so who knows that Hawkhead said at one point, uh, we didn't really talk about his deep uh, uh, motivations, but he wanted to go to Earth because he wanted to take everyone's hair, create the nest, and then he wanted to kill all the humans, get rid of them, because he had this whole thing about he wanted to raise his children in a world where like they wouldn't get made fun of because of their, their feather hands. And he's like, and the only way to do that is get rid of all the humans. And I was like, all right, pretty good. Pretty good, Hawkhead. <laughs> Oh, and I love the moment, too, where there's something about, like, oh, your children taking after you or something. And he was like, well, I'd, I'd appreciate if my children showed an interest in their father's <laughs> profession or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he's he basically says to Susan, he's like, uh, once you get married, he's like, we can go get retired. We can go retire. And she's like, how are you going to do that? And he's like, well, I assume one of the kids will take over the business. <laughs> that's pretty good. He's my hero. Like, that's that's <laughs> Honestly, that's my thoughts. It's Hawkhead is the star. It should have been called Hawkhead. I want more about where he was before this, where he is after, you know? Well, Megan, um, we usually rate the show that we've just watched, and we do it on this sort right. of a 10-star scale a la IMDb. So out of 10 stars, you can, you know, don't have to rate it critically. You can rate it based on your personal enjoyment. But out of a 10 possible rating, what would you give this? <laughs> oh, just a 10. I, I mean, it was a great time. <laughs> I am. I a knew sucker. it was gonna be a ten. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I knew that you knew that I would give it a ten <laughs> because it's stupid. It's silly. It's Canadian. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's a ten. Uh, and so ten. That's. I need nothing else. What do you think, Jordan? Where, where are you falling on this one? Well, as I said, when I started this, I'm gonna tell you, my rating was really, really low. I was gonna give it a one point five, but. I'm changing. And let me just tell you, this is my last note I wrote in my notes. I wrote, this is an incompetent, incoherent, boring, and unmemorable dumpster fire. That's the note I made. But as we discussed it, and I think uh, 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 Megan's effervescence has uh, really, uh, really pulled me up a couple points. And I realized (laughs) how much I like uh, Robert Donner's Hawkhead. I'm going to pull this up to a 4.5. 4.5. Look at that. Yeah. You know, we've watched a lot of stuff on this show, Jordan, on our podcast. We've watched a ton of uh-huh. stuff. And, like, I'm always surprised by what, by what we come across. And uh, I never thought I'd watch anything I hated more than Justice League. But this is getting 0. <laughs> 0.5. <laughs> 
Oh, you hated this more than Justice League? I hated this more than Justice League. This was some of the worst I think I've ever watched. I hated it so much. <laughs> I knew I knew you did when we talked earlier in the week, and and we, I was joking that uh, sometimes when you watch these things, I I can tell how bad they're going to be by like how many times I have to stop or how long it takes me to watch this. And I watch this in like over three four nights because. Again, every like grueling every minutes, to watch, like, Jordan. Grueling. Yeah, it, was, it was grueling to watch. But again, as we talk about it, I think I appreciate it a lot more. But it was it was a hard go. Yeah. Well, this is a real range of scores. Um, Ten, <laughs> we zero point five, <laughs> and Jordan with a straight down the middle. Yeah, yeah. So on average, <laughs> I'd say five out of ten. <laughs> I'm I'm very easily pleased. So that was a treat. <laughs> <laughs> well. Thanks so much for joining us, Megan. It was a blast having you. I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. It was good having you uh, really elevate this this movie for us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a good time. And uh, I enjoy the podcast, so. Well, perfect. This is a match made in heaven. <laughs> maybe next time we'll have uh, you on for a show that uh, we can find uh, maybe a middle ground. We'll all give it a five. Something that Luke Luke won't be wanting to kill himself while watching. But something you don't enjoy that much. Yeah. <laughs> right down the middle. <laughs> um, but that wraps it up for this episode. So, um, listener, as usual, I'll give you our usual spiels. Uh, we're doing a new uh, initiative, bonus episodes for charity. So if you uh, make a donation to a charity that's listed on our website under the bonus episodes for charity category, you can find that at continuumdrag.podbean.com or... Via social media, you can follow some links there to get to that. You can make a small donation, $50 or what you can afford to one of the charities listed on our thing, and select an episode of a television show that we use the escape pod on. So one of the episodes we never watched because we couldn't stand it anymore and got away. You can make us go back and watch it. If you got a lot of money, might I suggest you do the two-parter uh, on Quark. I believe it's called um, all, all the Humans Humanoids or something. I don't know. It's a weird two-part Quark we never watched. I would like if someone would make us watch Quark. It'll cost you a cool $100, but you get us to watch two episodes of Quark. <laughs> but the option's up to you. Have a look at that online. And, of course, you can email us if you had any thoughts on Rocket Boy. Did you watch it live? Do you remember it? Can you tell me what date it happened? Because I can't find it anywhere. Um, you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com to give me any information on Rocket Boy you might have. Are you Dave Thomas? Are you angry that we slandered your talent? <laughs> Oh. That you're the, that you're the least talented member of ST, SCTV. Wow, Sorry. you guys do not slander my boy Dave. I, I don't know if he's the least talented, but like he's doing fine. I checked out his IMDb. He's yeah, writing he's episodes fine. of he's writing episodes of uh, Bones. He's writing episodes of Black Book with Dave Spader. What's his name? James Spader. He's doing great. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. He doesn't he doesn't care about us in our Rinky Dinky podcast. We can we can we can he can, he can get taken down a peg. He's fine. <laughs> he's listening. He goes oh oh well. yeah. <laughs> And if you want to see some clips from Rocket Boy, which I will admit, we're going to have a lot of clips from Rocket Boy. And those are going to be on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. At Continuum Dregs, the handle there. There's some, some great stuff, actually. Some really weird clips. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you got? You got hair floating off. You got a bird guy playing a guitar. You got John Candy stuck under a TV. Yeah, we should just we the, you should edit together all the scenes where he's just proving himself through musical <laughs> prowess. <laughs> Jordan's on top of it. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah, he was he was the I'm telling you, he killed it. Right? Robert Donner, everyone should have got an Emmy, a Canadian Emmy. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, what what is that a genie? What is it? Uh, probably at the time it was a genie. I believe it's a CSA now. Oh, ooh, genie's a better name. Disney shut it down though. They they trademarked genie and Robin Williams. <laughs> A lot of people That's were confused too. They thought they got three wishes after the winning one of these Canadian <laughs> awards, and then just let down. 
<laughs> yeah, they all got home. They all tried to wish for money and never worked. Never worked. It's Canadian TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, Megan, thank you again for joining us. Uh, and listener, thanks for joining us too. And Jordan, I'll see you next week. <laughs> see you then. <laughs> thank you. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario, and Seoul, South Korea. Theme music by James Rick Seidler. Produced by Jordan Dalek and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes. <laughs>